attention. The movie guys love movies. Any comments about how WKRP in Cincinnati and Lou Grant will be presented this evening? Because of the following special program, WKRP in Cincinnati and Lou Grant will not be presented this evening. <laughs> big-time Christmas party for the movie, guys. We love this time of year. Yeah. It's a little frustrating because they pile on the movies, and then we have like a thousand movies to talk about. I do feel bad for Lou Grant. He's always getting preempted. It's been a while since I've gotten I like the good stats on how many shows actually air of Lou Grant and how many were preempted by Mandrell Sisters specials, Yes, etc. Mandrell Sisters. Yeah. A Pac-Man Christmas special will not be seen tonight. Was that enough cast for you, Adam? Yeah. But what? Uh, I, I got no. I could have used a couple more, uh, you know, with the 70s reference. I could use a few more people in our cast. Charlton Heston. Damn. Great pressure's dropping. Karen Black. I'm scared. George Kennedy. Paul Evanson are up there on that airplane. I'm going to Salt Lake City. Gloria Swanson. The hell with the jewelry. Let's put my book in here. Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Susan Clark. Comedian Sid Caesar. <laughs> Myrna Lloyd. Linda Blair. And award winning singer Helen Reddy. Oh, Helen Reddy! <laughs> She, uh, I'm watching that watch? show. I don't know about you guys. That I'm watching that show. That's a special Christmas right there. They're uh, going to learn a lot of the true meaning of Christmas. <laughs> but let's, let's talk about why we've all come together. Happy Life Day. Hey, hey, happy Life Day, everybody. Yes. Happy Life Day to one and all across the galaxy. So great to have you here. And welcome to the Movie Guys 7th Annual Holiday wow. Special. Wow. Look at us. Yeah. We're going to start posting the old ones up online here in the next week. Throwback every day. I think yeah. uh, we're Facebook. officially into syndication now, right? We've done That's enough true. episodes to sell into syndication. <laughs> Good, because uh, I'd like to buy a house. Rewards. Yes, and of course, uh, this show, as all of them are, is part of the vast and sprawling movie guys' empire. Oh, good sign. Skywalker's not pleased. Uh, we are feeling the force here at your ground zero for all things movies and comedy. The movie showcast. You can catch us. In a new show every week, absolutely. Paul, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm a little low on uh, galactic credits. I was supposed <laughs> to set up a Life Day fund uh-huh. uh, throughout the year. My bank was supposed to do this for me. We set up the Life Day fund, and they would just um, automatically deposit the galactic credits into my account so that I would have money your for employer, the show. Your employer didn't set that up correctly. No, no. Well, don't worry about that. Defer that. Because it's the holidays. It's oh. a season of giving. The show is free. Oh, what a wonderful wow. gift, Paul. Yeah. You know, Life Day, we'll celebrate it on your employer's behalf, I, even though they scrooged you a bit. Well, I, as a as a spice smuggler, though, it's a lot of that stuff's under the table for you guys too. So I, that's kind of tough. You got to launder. I can't it. declare any of it. Yeah, <laughs> that's hey, this show is free for everybody. So happy Life Day to one Woo-hoo! and all. Uh, you, if you want to find us, you can get us out there cranking out a brand new show full of original comedy. Just search the Movie Guys on Google, Bing, or. Yahoo! <laughs> That, of course, is That's Yahoo. Fantastic. <laughs> I'm your host fantastic. for the hardest working podcast in all the galaxy, Paul Preston, here with Karen Volpe. Can I refill your eggnog, get you something to eat, drive into the middle of nowhere, and leave you for dead? Bart Caius. I don't know. Fly casually. <laughs> and Adam Witt. You bet I could. I'm not such a bad pilot myself. The jokes are flowing, the nog is flowing, and the special guests are flowing. Hallelujah! Holy Where's the Tylenol? <laughs> we'll have a visit today from longtime friend of the show and real movie guy, Mike J. Nichols. Yay! Would it be the same to have a Star Wars movie opening and not be visited by the Phantom Editor? Seriously. Don't tell anybody. Does he have to go with the J? Otherwise, people think it's Mike Nichols. Not anymore. Mike not now. But, but he has for so long. Now he's got to run with yeah. it. Is it because no one knows who Mike Nichols is anymore? Or everyone just knows Mike J. Nichols? Yeah. Well, that's the great thing about film. Mike Nichols for, is forever emblazoned in history. Yes. 
Mike J. Nichols is working on that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see what we can do for him. You can ask him when he gets here. Uh, oh, and also, this is a big get, um, a real treat. Luke Skywalker is oh, here. Wow. Awesome, awesome. Saw him in the green room. Oh, Quite literally, the force is with us. Yes. Really? Good literally. Call. It really is with us. With us. The literally, the force looks literally angry. The force is glaring. <laughs> he he's here. I should mention he is, <laughs> he's he is right here, but he just hasn't had much studio. to say. Yeah, yeah. Remember, he plopped himself in the uh, island with the Jedi Temple. He hasn't said like much. in that last movie. He didn't say he much just then. Hung around and maybe he needs a lozenge. He continues to not say much, which is so great <laughs> to have him on a dry out podcast. there on the island. Much like in The Force Awakens, he'll appear at the end of our show. Yeah. <laughs> and I think we, I think then maybe we can squeeze an interview out of him. Oh, we'll see. Oh. We'll see. Big get. Uh, this is our last show of 2016, so we'll look at some other films coming out before year's end, including Fences and 20th Century Women, as well as firing up a Life Day gift exchange. Yay! Wouldn't be the same. Wait. Okay. Uh, we'll uh, learn you how to cook bantha rump for your upcoming <laughs> holiday party. And Adam will regale us with a tale of Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Yeah, I'll be we reading hope. the Christmas tale. We hope. Mm. I should that preface doubt? that. Well, right now we're in the normal confines of our studio, the right. Admiral's Club, right? Anxiously awaiting the arrival of the newest movie from the Star Wars universe. But we're getting some resistance. Isn't that right, Paul? That is right, Paul. As a matter of fact, on my way here, I saw an Imperial blockade <laughs> setting itself up around the Admiral's Club. I get the suspicion that they're trying to stop Life Day. Hmm. I, I won't have it. Let me see. Okay, hey, be oh, careful. Hey, I, hey I if you go out there, make sure you hold your breath. They're good shots. Hold on. All right, what's going on out there? Uh, they've surrounded the studio with footage of the Empire from the Star Wars movies. The original trilogy? Yep, yep, oh. it's out there. We're screwed. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get it. That's impossible, even for a computer. We're going to have to make the best of it. I'd made some Wookiee cookies. Oh, oh, sweet. Oh, I love Wookiee cookies. Not too crunchy, I hope. Uh, but there's some missing. What? Adam? Is there something you'd like to tell us? They're, they're, they're just so good. They're just... Adam! I'm sorry! Okay, Adam, you're going to have to take the trash out, I think. Oh, man! Look, these Wookiee-ookies are for us to celebrate Life Day and the arrival of Rogue One, a day which... You may have ruined now by hoarding all the Wookiee-ookies for yourself. That's not true! That's impossible! Oh. Sorry, that had to happen, gang. <laughs> right off the bat. How wookie, sad. Wookie, wookie, wookie. Isn't that well, a song? I love you. That's what it is. Well, I have a couple here under my chair, so I'm going to eat one of them. All right, well, let's do what we've come here to do every week, and that's preview Luke a new Skywalker, movie. Skywalker, would you like a Wookie, Wookie cookie? All right, one second. He's here. trying to will it with the force to his. Anyone help him out there? Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. It's been, been a while. Uh, listen. It's Christmas. We can still preview a new movie, right? Who's with me? I'll do it, Paul. Great. I'm with you. Let's talk about fences. All right, I'll do it anyway. Ah! All right, you've seen it for sale used at the student bookstore, but now for the first time, see it on the big screen. Here we go. This Christmas, take a break from struggling to provide for your family and watch the professionals do it. Question, Paul, is this movie based on a book? Uh, no, it's actually based on a play. Based on a play? That means so few people have seen this story that it might actually qualify as best original screenplay. <laughs> well, the movie, just like the play, humanizes the complex issues of the modern African-American family. And since it does so at Oscar time, the logical question is, what era are they poor in? <laughs> Taking No Chances Studios adapted the film from August Wilson's Pulitzer Prize and Tony Award-winning play. Talk about a slam dunk. Don't Seriously, with original content material this strong, all you have to do is make sure you don't screw up the casting. It stars Denzel Washington and Viola Davis. Well then, mission accomplished. Now with Viola Davis involved, you can count on ugly crying. <laughs> I really want to reach in the screen and hand her a tissue every time I see her. <laughs> she has like snot on this it's one. Like big, on oh, her lips, in everyone. snot everywhere. Came out of the scene in doubt with a big snot performance. Oh. Now she's so authentic, <laughs> but it's a little messy. Snot crying. Yeah. And the Oscar goes to The Movie, features a somewhat happily married African-American couple living in the 1950s in Pittsburgh in raising their son. It's somewhat happy? Well, you know, African-American, 1950, married, Pittsburgh. According to IMDb, it's the story of a man coming to terms with the events of his life. Did I say that was Fences? I'm sorry, that's every movie ever. <laughs> Well, here are the specifics. Troy, played by Denzel, is a husband and father who is struggling with life in the 1950s. Oh, and he's also a former Negro League baseball player. He's not an offensing? Missed opportunity there. <laughs> and why is a black man living in Pittsburgh in the 1950s struggling? 
Well, some questions just answer themselves. But in particular, Troy has a son that begins to question his father's affection for him. So Troy tries to explain to his son what it really means to be a parent. Can I ask you a question? How come you ain't never liked me? What law is there say I got to like you? A man is supposed to take care of his family. You live in my house, fill your belly with my food, put you behind on my bed because you're my son. Now don't you go through life worrying about whether somebody like you or not. You best be making sure they're doing right by you. <coughs> Millennials. <coughs> Millennials. <laughs> The father and son dynamic between Troy and Corey is a classic relationship in American theater and cinema, so much so that playwright and screenwriter August Wilson's first draft was called Death of a Garbage Man. <laughs> and we certainly don't mean to trivialize the plight of a middle-aged black man in the 1950s living in Pittsburgh, because let's not forget, things were pretty tough back then. For example, black people had to use separate bathrooms, eat at separate lunch counters, and some of them actually had to live in Pittsburgh. Uh, what is it with you in Pittsburgh? Well, well, I'm from Cleveland, so. Yeah. And despite its heavy hitter cast, when it comes to whether this movie will be any good or not, well, we're still on the fence. Oh. That's, uh, sorry, couldn't help ourselves. The reason is because most synopses of this movie talk more about who's in it rather than what it's about. Much like when a car salesman tries to sell you a car based on its features instead of its build quality. Hey, it's got Denzel, huh? Who doesn't love Denzel? Sure, yeah, but uh, how safe is it? Ah, look here, Viola Davis, huh? It comes standard with Viola Davis, although there's nothing standard about Viola. Am I right? Yeah, yeah, I agree, but uh, what about its reliability? Hey, did I mention it's also directed by Denzel? Yeah, yeah that, that's great, but what kind of gas mileage does it get? Mileage? Oh, just imagine how good you're going to look sitting in the theater watching this movie! <laughs> the fence is a metaphor for putting together boards with nails to form an obstruction. Actually, I think that's literally what a fence is. Oh. Yeah, the metaphors fence, are supposed to be what it symbolizes. Oh, wow, that's deep, Paul. What could a fence symbolize to a man whose best years are behind him, who puts up obstructions between him and the son he shows only tough love to? <laughs> I guess we won't know until we see the movie. Also, he builds a fence in the play. Yeah. Oh. Well, here's the metaphor in tagline form. Some people build fences to keep people out, and other people build fences to keep people in. And Mexico will pay for the wall. <laughs> well, there you go. See it in theaters, now with no intermission, no sets to move around, and nowhere for costume changes to occur. And yet, still somehow, the story gets told. What? That's movie magic! How can you tell the story with a... Every way it's been told up till now had set changes. Were people... Are people familiar with this story? I Karen, never saw it. You go, to the, you go to the plays. I've gone to the plays, and I've actually read the plays, but I never had to read this one, or I've never seen it. But it Big deal when it first came out with James Earl Jones. Mm -hmm. Got remounted recently with Denzel, mm -hmm. and now he's gone and made the film. August Wilson has been trying to make Fence as a film. He, he demanded a black director. Good for him. would understand the experience, so now Denzel. So he settled on fit. Denzel? Denzel. Hey. <laughs> Did you see Antoine Fisher? It's a good movie. Uh, is that the chess guy? No. No. What's That's that Bobby one? Fisher. Finding, finding Antoine. What was the one? That's in Finding Nemo. Okay. You're the man now, dog. Uh, <laughs> no, I did not see Antoine Fisher. Oh. Is it's that a movie? A, it's good. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's uh, Derek Luke and uh, Denzel directed that. It was a directorial debut. Oh. Having trying to research or having to try to research this, I couldn't come up with a lot of information about what the story is other than his son thinks he hates him and he might actually hate his son. And then all the other synopsis I read have some vague uh, references to racial tensions in the 1950s, which I assume because it's the 1950s, so you don't have to really spell that out, do you? That's not a huge part of it, though. No? I did see this film. Oh, okay. It's not a huge part of it. Well, no, I was just having a hard time c coming up with the I, with what the plot of the story is, other than a, a father may hate his son. I've seen a movie like that. What is that, Luke? You mean like the Great Santini? I don't think that's what he means. Oh, oh, Star Wars. <laughs> that might have been Star Wars. Part. Yeah, yes, okay. he's very, very bitter out on that island. <laughs> All by yourself. Very blustery. Be yeah. quiet now. So it does look look like just a lot of like emotion. There's a lot of emotion in this movie. Yeah, well, actually, the biggest parts of the movie can't you can't mention because they're huge spoilers. Oh, so there's okay. There's maybe, like big moments that there are aliens that come down. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to ruin that for you. <laughs> oh, but I didn't give anything away there. Don't. I, it's good, but I just thought it was a little. You know how when they film a play, yeah, and you're like it, it, it could be more cinematic. I mean, the movies are supposed to be cinematic, and this is not very acting is great. They're in like a house the well, whole time. <laughs> well, when you're doing a play, it's helpful to have one location. Yeah, and then but it but it yeah. translates to film though. It, it translates to any of exciting. the uh, horror movies that we've seen. 
from Blumhouse. That translates perfectly. Yeah. Right. I'm well, curious. they weren't plays. They should go the other way. They should go the other way. Oh, you yeah. could do them as a play. How Shallows cool. should be a play. Yes. So there's yeah. more than one spoiler in this. In the fences. There's one huge one, one and there's a couple, one. you know, obviously the ending is any movie is spoiled by the end. And then, but in the middle, there's like a big thing, a big okay. reveal. Because there's got to be something else than just people not getting along and trying to love each other. Yeah. Isn't that enough for you? But it's they act never the crap out of it. <laughs> I don't have a problem with movies being turned into plays. Usually, I actually, I think that ends up well. Um, my favorite all-time favorite movie is a play that was turned into a movie. Uh, a Few Good Men. A Few right? Good Men, yeah. yeah. I was thinking Joe versus the Volcano. The Great Santini. Was that a play? No, but that would be awesome. That should be a play, Pat and Pat and Pat and Pat There's like a thousand locations in that. Yeah, so, but that could be a great musical, too. Right? We oh. could do it with lots of projections. Oh, I like this idea. Uh, you do projections and miniatures. Yeah. yeah. Fun stuff. That would be fun. All right, well, listen, I think that went well. We got uh, people maybe interested in going to see this depressing movie during the holidays. But I thought I was going to have a chance to talk about it. What do you mean? I see I'm doing 20th Century Women, that preview, because I'm a woman. Stereotype much, Paul? Well, And I can't believe you did that preview without Adam, quite frankly. I'm sorry? You sent him out with the trash just because he stole a few of Karen's Wookie Ookie cookies? Hey, Bart, I worked really hard on those, okay? I made them enough for everyone, and yeah, he Bart, took some. Yeah, you think I'm thrilled that I get fewer Wookie Ookies than everyone else? I mean, what's... Look, I don't... No, I didn't take any Wookie Ookies. Listen, he left because he made them. I told everybody. He was the one who was supposed to have one Wookie before anyone else. I understand, I understand. Okay, Bastore, Bastore. Listen, this happens every year. It does. The holidays come right up each other's asses. Yeah. They just bring that out in everyone. So this year I wanted to combat the argumentative feeling, and I brought in an expert to help us sort our problems uh, out. Uh, okay, listen, this happens all the time. It's got to be corrected. And I brought in Montecore Gaylord. He's what they call a holiday negotiator. He makes, people, he makes people come together, and we need oh, that if we're going to get through the rest him. of the show. Isn't my therapy enough? He just worked with a pretty famous no. Silicon Valley rep, and he's here to make us stop fighting during the holidays. Please, please welcome him. It's Montecore Gaylord. Come on. Alrighty, Mr. Hello. Gaylord. Hello, everybody. Yes, as Paul has just told you, I'm a holiday negotiator, here to heal through the wisdom of movies and family dynamics. Yeah, but we're not all family. No, not not the holidays can be a trying season if everybody isn't getting along. So it's important to focus on the family. I can give you an example of... Where this worked. I, Montecore Gaylord, can give you such an example. Have you ever heard of the movie Why Him? No. no. Well, I use it as a teaching tool for how people can get along when confronted with difficult relative entanglements. In the film, just like now, it's the holiday season, and a couple visits their daughter at Stanford University. Now, they're a little overprotective, so things come to a head when they meet their daughter's new boyfriend, and he's a nightmare, a vulgar, loud, outrageous Silicon Valley billionaire. Let's uh, play a clip that sets the stage, which I think you'll find a little bit familiar. As your little girl grows up, it seems like no guy will ever be good enough for her. I'm very excited for you to meet my boyfriend. But sooner or later... This is his house? Are you sure this isn't an Apple store or something? It's time for you to meet the love of her life. Mother Flemings are in the house! Yes! Oh my God. Okay, now, which one of you is an internet billionaire? You realize you're in a garage, right? Okay, okay. W when they meet him, though, what do you think happens? Comedy ensues. Here, I, I think the overprotective dad doesn't like him because he's loose and irresponsible, and the daughter's boyfriend probably tries too hard to please him and ends up annoying him further. Oh, look at you. You must have seen Meet the Parents. Or in good company. Or dirty dancing. Or say anything. Or clueless. Or live free or die hard. Guys, I'm technically right. Yeah, you are. Technically. All right, so what makes the dad and the boyfriend come together? Ultimately, acceptance. I think. You think? Well, it's not like they give me screeners, but I'm pretty sure the dad starts out like uh, like this. You are a pathetic junkie. Too stupid to understand and follow simple rudimentary instructions. But I think he ends up like this. Everybody digs my scene. I'm the grooviest dude who was ever grooved on. Oh, oh, oh no. <laughs> and of course, it doesn't hurt to have Megan Mullally. Do we have Megan Mullally? We have Mike J. Nichols coming up. Eh. Very similar. Well, just try to understand each other more, forgive someone like Adam when he steals cookies, and remember that not everyone is going to understand your Star Wars holiday references, Paul. And most importantly, see why him in theaters December 23rd, starring the hilarious Brian Cranston and James Franco. Bye! Uh, bye, Mr. Game. Oh, and he... Ow, disappeared. Hey, Just wait a minute. No, he's out front. He's getting into a 20th Century Fox limo and heading out. What? 
Okay, well. He meant well. Did he have to start up his own limo? limo. <laughs> it wasn't even waiting for it's him. It's like a diesel limo. Usually like the limo's wake, running. Yeah, yeah, he had to wake up the driver, have him start it up. But listen, maybe he has a point. Yeah. All right? Maybe we should all go and see that movie. What? Together. Hey, oh. let's not overreact, Paul. Yeah. All right, well, let's get to what's important. Yeah. Our Life Day celebration. Presents! Right, I want to give Adam a moment <laughs> to get out of character first. <clears throat> well, um, I'm fine. Now, as we all know, Life Day is a joyous time of year. A time when we all gather around the Bantha Rump for a hearty meal and give thanks for days. Yeah. And life. And yes. the life of days and the days of our lives. It's a happy time. <laughs> like sand through the hourglass, Friends Paul. and family join in the spirit of life and rejoice the many days of life that we've had and will have. And to know that. I'm sorry, right. sorry, sorry to interrupt, right. Paul. Uh, right. But I just, I really just can't wait any longer. Can we, uh, can we do the gift exchange now? What gift exchange? I, I, what I, do you I, mean, I, what gift exchange? The gift exchange we do every year. What you, you guys didn't buy presents this year? No, why would we? We said we weren't going to give each other Christmas presents this year. I know we aren't giving each other Christmas presents, Karen. We're giving Life Day offerings. Well, I suppose oh, we should. Yeah, I didn't have a chance to shop for Life Day. Look, look, don't worry about it. As they say, tis better to give than to receive. So here, I got everyone a little something. Paul, I'm going to start with you. This is for you. Oh. Greedy assassins. Did Oop. you just give me a box of porn? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That was for Adam, and it's not a Life Day <coughs> offering. My mistake. Uh, here, ah! this is your present. Oh. Assassin's Creed. Oh, that's different. Yeah, I knew you'd like it. Well, sure. I, mean, I guess video games make good presents, I mean, even as an adult. But first, you know. Paul, first, it's not a present. It's a life day I offering. Please respect the pronoun. Secondly, it's not a video game. It's the movie Assassin's Creed, a video game turned into a movie. Check it out. Now you can watch your favorite video game without having to deal with any of the fun and excitement of playing it. <laughs> you know, just like Angry Birds and Warcraft. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking. Just like... Angry Birds and Warcraft. Wonderful. But why would you give me a video game about killing people as a present for Life Day? Because what better way to celebrate life than to be reminded about how easily it can be snuffed out? Check it out. This movie is about career criminal Cal Lynch, played by Michael Fassbender. You mean Steve Jobs' Michael Fassbender? No, turns out he's taking time off from being Academy Award Michael Fassbender, and so he's just Michael Fassbender, you know, like from X-Men. Still not bad. Yeah, right? So so career criminal Cal Lynch gets recruited by an organization that is sort of a modern-day Templar order. An order is like a small army created by a Catholic church to protect other Christians from persecution by the Islamic conquest that took place back in medieval times. Well, at least it's topical. Yeah. Right? Cal gets to go back in time through something called genetic memory, which I'm pretty sure was just made up for this movie and doesn't really exist. So, But anyway, he goes back in time and he gets to experience life as one of his ancestors named Aguilar. Christina? Paul, don't besmirch Life Day. No. Aguilar is an ancient warrior from the past who belongs to a secret society of assassins that were part of the Templar Order and lived during the Spanish Inquisition. The Spanish Inquisition in the movie Assassin's Creed? That seems a little unexpected. Nobody expects the Spanish Inquisition! I'll say. And by going back in genetic time and living as Aguilar, Cal learns all the special skills of an elite assassin. Then he comes back to modern times. And, and he, he kicks some ass, Jack it, Reacher style. Exactly, Paul. Sweet. Thanks, Bart. Well, this is, this is great now that you've explained it. Happy Life Day. Happy indeed. Life Day to you, Paul. And for everyone else, you ready? Uh-huh. I got love. Aww. Oh, that's nice. And time. Yay. Aww. And death. What? What, hmm. Really? Death again? Seriously, Bart, if you're missing the whole point here of Life Day, I think you... Do you even know what Life Day is all about? Well, I'm not a Chewbacca, Paul, but I think I get it. <laughs> do you? Hey, wait, what exactly is getting... Who exactly is getting what? Yeah, yeah, I want uh, I want love. No, I want love. Oh, fine, you can have love, but I want time. No, 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 that means I'm getting death again. I don't want death. Calm down, mm. calm down. Everyone's getting love, Yay. time, and death. No. Oh. No, because you're all getting, ta-da, 
Collateral beauty. What? You see, love, time, and death are the three elements of life that end up visiting Howard. Now, Howard is played by Will Smith. He's a man who's mourning the loss of his young daughter, and so he starts writing letters to love, time, and death as a way of dealing with his grief. Mm. But much to his surprise, his letters are actually answered, and in the most amazing way. Love, time, and death start appearing to him in the form of people. For example, death is an elderly white woman played by Helen Mirren. I changed my mind. I want death. <laughs> and love is played by Kira Knightley. Wait, why doesn't she play death? She looks like a skeleton. She looks like death. Who's time? Morris Day? <laughs> You're welcome. I want time. Good one, Scribe. Paul. Good one, Paul. <laughs> Actually, time is played by Jacob Lattimore, and he looks to be a younger version of Howard. Anyway, so Howard is visited by three people, time, love, and death, and each of them help him see life through their particular perspective, enabling Howard to gain a new appreciation for his life in spite of the loss of his child. Uh, so kind of like a Christmas carol with ghosts of Christmas past, present, and future. Exactly like that, Karen. Wow. But wait, I thought we weren't doing Christmas presents. These are supposed to be Life Day offerings. So what does the movie have to do with Life Day? Oh, um, well, yeah, you see, uh, collateral beauty is kind of like kind of like the force, right? It, it, it binds everything together. Here, let the movie explain it. He's reaching out to the cosmos for the answers. Just be sure to notice the collateral beauty. It's the profound connection to everything. Uh, yeah, so it see, everything, now you get it. Just right? like the super force. glue. Collateral beauty is the force. Like the force. force. So it opens the same day as Rogue One because it it's also about the force. It's, yeah, that's what we're saying. That's what you're saying. Happy Life Day, everybody. Thank you. Oh, that I'm was nice. Boy, for a guy who often has trouble finding change in his couch, he really gave us a lot, didn't he? <laughs> Uh, not really. I used my movie pass on it. Oh. <laughs> well, we're all back on the same page. Let's take a break and get our first guest in. Well, no offense, Luke. I forgot you were there. Um, He's well, very quiet, like all through <laughs> Force Awakens. Yeah. We'll have the <laughs> we'll have the edit doctor, the phantom editor, whatever you want to call him, Mike J. Nichols will oh, be here I'm after, eat a cookie to celebrate. after 10 seconds of break. Hang tight. I'm eating all the cookies, you guys. And they are messy cookies. We are back with a true Star Wars lover, a guest on our second ever showcast. Mm. And now here we are at 181. Is that true? That's we true. finally brought him true? back. That's true. Yeah, really? And he's come back time to time. Oh, all right. Last seen here talking about The Force Awakens, I believe. That was a, a year, year ago. ago. Yeah. So, uh, And he's brought uh, more Star Wars bits to share with us here in the wake of, well, in the preceding, the Crazy. massive release of Rogue One. It's Mike Nichols. Yay. I want you to know that I sincerely mean this, Mr. Nichols. I am always impressed when I remember and realize that you are the Phantom Editor. I, I mean, that is a How level cool is of that? that is a level of fame that is absolutely legitimate and probably harder to obtain than just being famous, famous. And it got around before the internet. Yeah, like yeah. I knew about Mike before that. Yeah. You could you know, forward you a clip or something like that. Like you went viral before there before were there internet. Yeah. 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 For those of you who don't know, the Phantom <laughs> Edit is an, a re-edit of. The Phantom Menace uh, passed around on videotape back in the day, right? V DVD here and there, yeah. And uh, yeah, before it was a thing, first guy to do it, first guy to get the uh, season desist from Lucasfilm. What was your, <laughs> what is your, of the Phantom edit? What is your favorite edit that you did? The thing that you thought did the most for that movie, I, or just the cleverest thing you did? I actually think the uh, Attack of the Clones edit is my favorite thing. You've done, you did that too? Yeah, because the first one, it was like as if I was an employee and I just followed his rules uh. of what he would have applied to the movie, mm. whereas the second one was a little more liberties were taken to make a more entertaining movie. So there was a formula you were using for the first one? Yeah, like, if you go through, if you follow, Adam, I know, has seen many of those PBS specials where they interview, yeah. yeah, and you know his one recipe was is you, you never build these sets or put these effects in a movie just to use it as a yes, showpiece I've heard for this. your work. Yet, if you watch those movies, it's exactly <laughs> what they did. So, well, just specifically in clones, right? You you have a uh, shot of Boba Fett flying around, and then you cut. If you there's an Easter egg to click on and cut to Lucas talking about, uh, <laughs> like back in the '70s, going, "It's not about the costumes, it's about the story," and then cutting to the the. The commentary for clones, where he says, oh, "I just love the costume here. I just want to show it off." I, I, I wrote this scene uh, so we could sh sh show off the costume. <laughs> yeah. And you know, 
take that for what you will. Do you put that on your resume? No, I don't. I would just I would just put Phantom Editor here. Figure it out. Just you on a piece of paper. Just write yeah. down a piece of paper. That's who I am. Call I think me. at this point though, I'm with not the, good with the with the new people. It's old enough now that there's a new generation oh. of people who have never wow. heard of this. You know, the internet has been in their life. Yeah, always YouTube. Can you I know. get this on the internet? Uh, yeah, I'm assuming. Phantom yeah. I mean, not from me, but yeah. Yeah, clearly, I've never seen it. Clearly not from me. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's out there. And not for a small fee from Michael. Well, all. it should be noted Mike has, you know, amazing editing skills that would allow him to do something creative like that that have gotten him work on plenty of TV shows and films, not including uh, including, I should say, Last Play at Shea. Sure. The Billy Joel documentary. Um the new the Zappa working, film. The new Zappa film that working on cool. the uh, working on the, the Blu rays of all the Star Trek That's true. TV yeah. shows. Yes, there's, yeah, a, there's, a, there's a McCartney film which I can talk about. That's true. Right, uh, Jenny you're, you're, or Paul? <laughs> hmm? Jenny or Paul? Melissa? Melissa? Je, uh, Jen, Jenny McCarthy. <laughs> Jenny McCartney. McCartney. We'll explain later. Okay. Beatles, a whole big thing. Well, I was asking Paul, Melissa, Jenny. I don't know McCarthy. McCarthy. I would like to work on the Jenny McCarthy video. Yeah, yeah. That's sure you really you got to watch the footage for a long <laughs> yeah, time. Extra. I need more source footage. <laughs> now, Mike, when you're on the show, you, you do Star Wars bits, right? It is, it is true. Every time I've come you're here, you're like the I, Marv Albert of the show. It yeah. seems to be that <laughs> <What> coincidentally. <laughs> I understand you brought some bloopers with you. Have you brought the wild and the wacky? <laughs> uh, coincidentally, I uh, whenever I come on the show, I, I tend to uncover things. You do, and this is the place, especially this time of the year. You're breaking news. It is the time of giving. And I found some new things. I would like to come up with a very, very inventive way with spies, uh, with other things related to Lucasfilm and Disney. But it was just a couple of dudes from Bakersfield sent me some things. Oh. And um, I brought them with you today. And mm. one of them comes, do you, everybody seen The Empire Strikes Back, which is basically one of the best Star Wars films. Sure. Right? One of the best films. films. Yeah. And there's a famous line that's in the movie uh, from Harrison Ford. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Fly casually. I gave it at the top you of the did, show. You, yeah. you did. Um, that was actually Return That's a Jedi. That's yes. a Jedi. Oh. Jedi. I wasn't going to correct They him, all blended yeah. together. The rest this of the table will. Yeah, but once Paul went, <laughs> we got to go with it. So uh, in, the line in the script was Han is about to be frozen, and Princess Leia says to him for the first time, I love you. And in the script, it said, I love you too. But that was boring. So Harrison Ford improvised a line. And it stayed in the movie. It was in all the dailies. And that became the classic thing from the movie. And what did he say, Adam? I know. Yes, I know. Which is so Han Solo. That's an incredibly Han Solo line. I know. (laughs) Uh, And so I guess Disney, when they were doing The Force Awakens, the whole idea that Harrison Ford could improvise lines and sort of charm America uh, was something they were really into. And they brought J.J. Abrams into sort of, we want that original magic back in. So they encouraged Harrison Ford two ad-lib lines while they were shooting. Did they? Yes, yes. Uh, And so (laughs) those guys in Bakersfield asked me if I had heard them before, and I hadn't. And they sent them to me the other day, and I decided to premiere them uh, on the show. The audio may be, you know, a little... Bakersfield, the hub of cinematic lore. Right. <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. Just outside of Premise, California. Right. Right? Well, what is the uh, set up the first one of these clips then? Let's see. The first one, oh, we've all seen The Force Awakens. Is that, is that, is that true? Yes. Well, I've seen yes. The New Hope, so same thing. Okay, exactly. <laughs> Except these characters in this movie there's Ray and there's Finn, and they have stolen the Millennium Falcon, and it was just been sort of captured in space, and someone's about to overtake them, and they hide inside the same place that they hid. Uh, in A New Hope. Han and uh, Chewie. That's right. They yeah. hid under, under the floor. Yes. And of course, you know, Han Solo knows about this because he smuggled things in it. So they're hiding under the floor. Uh, two characters, Han and Chewie, open the door and is the first reveal of Han Solo in The Force Awakens. And this is one of the dailies uh, from oh, the movie. Wow. Hmm. Chewie. We're home. the others where's the pilot i'm the pilot you get the out of my house (laughs) and cut i couldn't use that yeah you totally can't use that and i think the idea that uh these guys were working on the the blu-ray and that's where a lot of these things uh came up and also uh, basically from the same scene because i think this is the first stuff they shot with harrison ford and they were really well he was just loosening up yeah he was loosening up you would think he might remember he can't say the f word 
You would think that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Who's going to tell Harrison that? Not yeah, me. That's true. How do you direct it's Harrison like forward? when people get to a certain age, you just can't tell them not to use the N-word. That's right. It's yeah. the same thing. You know our theory. We saw Have Jesus. you been over for Christmas? <laughs> exactly. We saw Jesus Christ Superstar with Ted Neely, who was in the movie in the 70s. When he's tour as Jesus Christ Superstar, you can't give the guy direction. No. He's been Jesus longer than Jesus was Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Just say, go do your thing, and everyone else dance around them. So this next clip is oh, later the, on. The, the next clip is relatively uh, in the in the same scene. I believe it's the same scene uh, where he brings them up, and he's, he's angry. He's already an angry guy, and he wants Chewbacca who he apparently has uh, an argument with several times in the movie, but he wants Chewbacca to get them off the ship, and mm -hmm. I believe you have that, uh, that cue. Chewie, throw him on a pod. We'll drop him at the nearest inhabited planet. <laughs> You're so full of <laughs> you son of a bitch. Crack the crew up. I know, I know. And also, because it was the first date, there are a whole lot of people there uh, watching. I even think, uh, you know, J.J. Abrams, his parents, his kids, they were all laughing. I think you could hear Kevin Smith clapping yeah. back there. What's weird is I feel like I've seen a bunch of Star Wars movies and he never swore. It's like Harrison Ford forgot that they didn't swear in Star Wars land. I think yeah. it's one of those things. They just encouraged him to go with it and, oh. he, and he really took it. Fix it in post. Right? Yeah. yeah, trim okay. the fat later. All right. Yeah. Everything Karen says He's spread is, a, his wings, is a jingle because of her mistletoe hat. See, yeah. it's it's not yeah. like the improv like you or I would know. He doesn't yeah. know to yes and. I mean, he's uh -huh. he's just riffing, but he's he's not a professional. And, and he's getting more. a laugh. It's no Scott Adams. He is yeah. getting a laugh. This woman yeah. gets a laugh on this next one too. Right? Yeah. So so the next one, this is one of the things that was featured in the trailer, and everybody was really excited because it was the first time we saw Han Solo in the in, in the trailer. Oh yeah. And they're talking about the Force because there's a map to where Luke Skywalker is, and they're asking him some questions, and this is the daily from that uh, particular. Mm. The Jedi were real. I used to wonder about that myself. Thought it was a bunch of mumbo-jumbo. A magical power holding together good and evil, the dark side and the light. The crazy thing is... Who gives a <laughs> That's the Han Solo I know. That's the Han Solo I know, right? That's crazy not the Han religions Solo. and that's not the guy from Mosquito Coast. I don't know who this is you're playing. <laughs> uh, so in the next scene, uh, we actually get to hear uh, Finn. This is later on in the movie um, where they are trying to attack the Starkiller base and blow it up. You remember that? You mean FN two one eight seven? For correct. anybody in the FN, audience who's a fan but I, doesn't know I, I, he's got a nickname, I'm bringing yeah. it down. Yeah, and they did change his name. So they're outside the Starkiller base. They have flown down to the planet and they're making their arrangements to go inside. And again, I think it's one of those things where Harrison Ford, had, had, he's been doing this so long. He was out in the cold. He was in a bad mood. And we got Chewbacca again, uh, aggravated. And he decided to go with it. And uh, I have a clip here of that, uh, Paul. Okay. Then how do you know how to disable the shields? I don't. I'm just here to get Ray. People are counting on us. The galaxy is counting on us. Solo, we'll use the Force. That's not how the Force works. <laughs> Oh, really? You're cold? You Wookiee sack of <laughs> <laughs> Again, the, the crew enjoyed it. Actually, those uh, takes might work if the crew wouldn't laugh and, like, yeah, you know, ruin it. it. Yeah, ruin they ruin it. it. Yeah. You know, another, another weird thing about Rogue One, too, is this is going to be, a, I guess it's a Star Wars story, but it is the first movie that John Williams is not doing the score for this is true yeah no and is that gonna be weird i mean you've seen the trailers it's not well, i think we're in good hands with michael giacchino and is that what's happening is it like it's like the handoff from what yeah, it's like when patrick doyle took over for williams in the harry potter series uh he maintains the themes but then scores on his own otherwise yeah and I, we're gonna hear those classic themes all like. the things it's it's been in the trailer anyway and i'm sure he'll do a good job uh, i mean at one point, I don't even know if you know this they, they actually put it out to find other people to do music oh for, really for, yeah for the movie of all things, Kanye West uh, had offered really? to do. Uh, yeah. Well, they want to stay relevant. The, the franchise. I know. Different. Very. They want to appeal very, to the kids. Very different. Star Wars. Uh, Otherwise, people may not go. But is, <laughs> but the thing that they're doing differently is in this movie. Uh, you probably know this, Adam. There's no scroll. I've heard this. What? So they are I'm deciding outraged. that the a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Better be there. No. I doubt it. Come yeah, on. Yeah. Yeah. And then there is no scroll. And so what happens in the movie, that's kind of up. And I think a lot of people mm. uh, like us think that that's strange. And so different people started making contributions for what could replace the scroll or how to rewrite. Kanye did not. 
Well, that was the thing. Do you actually know who wrote the original scroll that was featured in Star Wars? Brian De Palma. Brian De Palma. Yes. That's right. I figured I'd ask everybody else, but you would, <laughs> you do know. Did anyone it's, else want to try and answer that? And that's why I think that some of these people were like, well, hey, I'm a filmmaker. I'm Woody Allen took a, a, a shot at writing the new scroll for Roll Gun. I can't imagine what that would sound uh, like. Quentin Tarantino tried to write a scroll. Ooh. Well, it sounded like the thing that... Harrison Ford keeps emphasizing. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Starting to see pictures. Steven Spielberg, uh, Steven Soderbergh, Martin Scorsese. It's kind of like all these people sort of all knew each other Big at guns. some point. Yeah, so a lot of really good people. So Kanye thinks he can align himself with that group of people? And that's why I thought this one was the most interesting. Because in addition to wanting to do the music, um, Kanye actually wrote his own scroll concept uh, for Rogue One. Shall I? Yeah, yeah I actually brought it. Uh, the, it's got to be hip. Yeah. Yo, long time ago, a major weapons test eminent. Rebels find themselves in a predicament. We gotta take a stand, make a plan, try to understand that the hero of the story is a kick-ass woman. Your daddy found a weakness, then he wrote a thesis. He tried to release us, but they took it to the beaches. And everywhere you look, all you see is Imperials. All-terrain armor, transport, vehicle. Von Marthas is serious, the Death Star is imperious. The Force is strong, but the dark side is serious. <laughs> Yo, Vader better recognize <laughs> Make tinted like a hundred Long time ago You think he was presenting that to Trump? Yeah, well, the thing is, I thought that conceptually, I, what, what would happen? A pan pan down and then ships would happen and yeah, this was a big the movie would happen yeah and that's does. rogue one yeah. um and i got everything i need to know there i know it kind of plans it, there's plans there's people angry it's weird that they're choosing not to have a scroll in light of uh because here's another one um this person started writing kind of being a, a like a spokesperson yeah and last year it kind of came to light spokes that, rapper i think they call him well this is a different person this is one <laughs> oh, of the people oh, that said and oh. uh so he, he began to write conceptual things and uh, a car manufacturer used him to be their spokesperson and he wrote and acted and performed in these commercials. And so this next one, uh, it was Matthew McConaughey. He decided to make his own scroll. Let's play it. Uh, for, I'm, buy, for, I'm buying this one. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't build it to be cool. <laughs> Didn't build it to make a statement. But that sure is one big old Death Star. <laughs> you say you don't have a weakness, but you'd be a heck of a lot cooler if you did. All right, all right. <laughs> Rogue One. <laughs> Brought to you by Lincoln. Threw in a. Threw I know. In a, a Everything's product tie in. in. Everything's product tie in. Yeah. Sell out. Yeah. And it will. And, and, yeah, look I, at that Death Star. Maybe it says on the back. I don't even know if they got the my, logo. Bro, well, I, I, they, everything's sponsorship, so why not? Well, yeah. I didn't realize till now. They'd have to sell one of these things. You build it, you got to throw it on the lot, right? People don't know about it. You got to put up a commercial. <laughs> you get Matthew McConaughey selling you the Death Star. And you have one more. Well, I think I think it's really sad, though, because now all Star Wars, we have a Star Wars movie every year now. That is not sad, but continue. <laughs> this is the sad part is because <laughs> Lucas now is realizing that he's a, not a part of this. You know, so George Lucas is sitting. And it's like every Christmas now there is a new Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. I've given him my ideas, and they didn't use them. Mm-hmm. So uh, apparently, in this mass group of people contributing to a new scroll, George Lucas himself, oh. uh, you know, he wrote the scroll for the prequels, and he said, yes. "I should write a scroll for this new Star Wars story, Rogue One." And um, Let's play. we we actually have a clip uh, that he wrote from Baker's. Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Taxation, trade federations, and politics rule over the galaxy with negotiations about taxes and trade federations (laughs) and politics threaten peace throughout the galaxy. Rebel forces have gathered at the very important planet called Naboo to talk about Taxation. Okay, that's, <laughs> that's, Lucas. that's why he's well, out. Well, you know, that really just cuts into the hearts of what millennials want to see. Yeah. 
They're tired of all this taxation and trade routes. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty t- soon they're going to have a tea party. Rent's too damn high. Re- <laughs> they need a redistribution movie. <laughs> yeah. You know what I think is weird is you guys were talking earlier about uh, plays being made into films. Yeah, mm-hmm. which I don't and, have a problem and, with. And films being be made into video <laughs> games. <laughs> but there really is no play being made into a video game yet. Is oh, that new? Did I just go no. up with something new? I don't know. Uh, it might be because there's not enough. Uh, is that, do I point and say patent pending? Yes. That's how you sit. Well, I thought uh, Uncle Vanya was on PlayStation 2. Maybe I'm thinking something else. Go there's ahead. not enough people <laughs> shooting each other just randomly in plays. Yeah. It's really a shame. But you know what else is weird, Paul, is they were making a big deal. You're gonna, are you seeing Rogue One at the early show? Uh, probably so. Yeah, you're seeing. Yeah, you're yeah, seeing. Are I'm you seeing see Rogue One? Are you going out to see Rogue no, One? I will not be really. You're not going out to see it. Uh, Look, tomorrow night. 8 I'm not starting any fights. I'm just saying I was a little disappointed with the Force Awakens. I'll wait for it to be on some. I'll wait for it to come to me. You TBS? wait for everything to come. You didn't to even see Jack Reacher too, did you? I didn't. Yeah, you're oh. a bad boy. So, yeah. all right. Well, listen. Let's get on to our next segment. Mike, you can stick around for this. Uh-oh. Uh Nothing says a holiday is quite like something cooking in the oven, Ooh. and nothing says Star Wars holiday special like a visit from Harvey Corman. Everybody, hey! as promised hey! in the opening titles. Hey! Harvey Corman. Hi, Paul. May the force be with you, and also with you. Uh, well, something smells delicious. Well, I'm preparing a classic Star Wars holiday special favorite, a bantha rump a la Harvey Corman. Oh, right about now, I feel like I'd eat the whole empire myself. <laughs> I know what you mean. And I understand you're going to show us here at the table how that's made. Well, first you secure yourself a two-ton bantha, preferably free-range, okay. uh, like you might find on the wastelands of Tatooine. If, let's say people don't have access to Tatooine, is there an acceptable substitute for bantha? <laughs> yes, Paul. This recipe also works with the dressed-up elephant. All right, well, cl- what else? So, clean your bantha off really well. Last Christmas, we skipped this step and ended up eating half a sand people. <laughs> and that's bad? <laughs> no, it's great, but it's cannibalism. <laughs> but luckily, Jawas aren't, because that's what we uh, make our stuffing out of. Oh, and how do you cook this? Well, mix the Jawa with dewback crumbs, stuff it into the bantha rump, and shove it into a Tatooine dome house, and let it cook for two days in the, uh, of the twin sun cycle. Cooking times may vary if stormtroopers set fire to a family inside of your dome. And and there you go, Paul. You're good to feed any kind of alliance. Are you sure you're you're not Paul Lind and then not Harvey Corman? Uh, nobody listening knows who either of those two people are. <laughs> And what's a good wine to accompany this? Well, this recipe is best paired with blue milk. Like everything, I gather. Do you have a recipe for that? People will love that. Just put some boo food coloring in milk. Well, thank you, uh, to Harvey Corman. Yeah. That- thank you. You're welcome. This is the perfect meal for a crew of one to six on a hyperspace mission to the Outer Rim Systems for up to a month. But what if you were going into space for several decades? Well, I imagine you'd be famished. Um, well, then you may want to make bantha jerky then. All right. Thank you, <laughs> Harvey Star Lind, Bewitched, or, or Carol Burnett Show. You're welcome, Paul. <laughs> you know, I actually learned something in that segment, not just how. All to... about the movie Passengers? Yeah. <laughs> is that what that was? Yeah. I learned that, that the uh, singular for sand people is also sand people. Yeah. And if we eat them, it's not cannibalism. It's not sand person. I'm not a sand person. Paul, I'm sorry. Was I supposed to include some information about the movie Passengers? Nah. It was a hurried phone call we had earlier <laughs> while we were preparing this. Let's move. Let's do another movie preview. <laughs> There's so much coming out, including 20th Century Women. 20th Century Women, but specifically 1979. Oh, so this is about Martina Narotolova, Narotolova, Margaret Thatcher, and Gloria Gaynor. No, it's about people you haven't heard of. Mm, what a treat. Now, according to IMDb, it's about three women who explore love and freedom in Southern California in the late 1970s. Are you sure it's not about Martina Navratilova? All right, let's talk about it. Here we go. Before we get to 23rd century women like Jin Erso and Rogue One, here come some 20th century women. Uh, technically, Star Wars takes place a long time ago. But in a galaxy far, far away. A century could take weeks there. Well, obviously with a title like 20th Century Women, the movie is a period piece. But it's also a coming-of-age story about a boy raised by women. So not only a period piece, but also a period piece. Please don't unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> that joke is written by a boy, just so everyone out there listening knows that. The period here is one of the more depressing periods in history. Now? No. <laughs> It's 1979, and nothing means anything. No, the 70s. They're a very confusing time for most Americans. Women's lib was in full swing, bell-bottom jeans were all the rage, and porn mustaches were more common than herpes. 
wait a minute. I just realized why that would be. All right. Annette Benning, whose best yeah. years are behind her. That's not a slam. That's a compliment to American Beauty. They all should have quit immediately afterwards. <laughs> she plays Dorothea, a single mother, back when being a single mother wasn't hip, but smoking was. Dorothea feels like she no longer knows her son, and as a former 13-year-old, I can speak for him and confirm that nobody understands him. So flummoxed as to how to communicate to him, she recruits three other women to teach Jamie on how to be himself. Yeah, I think she might be doing it wrong, but I guess that's why we go to the movie, to find out. Is it Martina Navratilova, Margaret Thatcher, or Gloria? No. Is it the hat? No. Is it the hat too much? It's the hat. <laughs> the film also features two great actors with unsettling last names, Greta Gerwig and Billy Crudup. <laughs> Crudup looks best in this time period, let's be honest. And Greta Gerwig plays Abby, a quirky artist with short pink hair who unconventionally takes a picture of everything that happens in a day. I guess the job of being the cute girl at the record store really took a hit during the iTunes era. <laughs> Actually, this should be every boy's fantasy, to have his mother recruit two pretty girls to help him figure out how to be a man. Hey, Ma! We're almost done here. I'm going to need a few more girls. All right, I almost have it figured out. Just send them on up. Unfortunately, this fantasy soon turns into a nightmare when Jamie realizes that his mother's idea of having pretty girls help him figure out how to be a man Involves little more than the three of them drilling him on what a disappointment life and love can be. I see the shapes. Having a kid seems like the hardest thing. How much you love the kid, you're just pretty much screwed. And when compared to Fences, which takes place in the 1950s, you can see just how much things have changed in this country. We went from a black man struggling with life and society and the raising of his son to a white woman struggling with life and society and the raising of her son. Okay, so not too much has changed, but one thing we did see is it went from parents hating their teenagers What law is there say I got to like you? Two teenagers hating their parents. I don't think that was 20th century women. We made the point there. Uh, let's actually hear writer-director Mike Mills talk about his creative process. <laughs> In the end, 20th Century Women sets out to prove the rule. Can any movie with talking hands music in the trailer be all that bad? No. No. That's a plus. This movie looks cool. I mean, I did make another Annette Benning comparison, but yeah. it looks like the kids are all right, or one of those movies that's like really indie but super hip. There's this great trailer for it where the first 30 seconds are uh, or is uh, President Carter giving this great speech. <laughs> and I remember, not as a child it happening, but later in life, uh, discovering these two speeches that he gave. And maybe it's the same one, and I've just seen them in separate sections, where he just basically says, stop being a big consumer, man. Suck it up. Be a human being. And the, the trailer is like the group of them watching that, and everyone except for uh, Dorothea thinks this is like the worst thing they've ever heard their president say and i'm like no i'm kind of with that guy like and then there's another one about energy that he gives like stop you know stop consuming oil this during the opec uh, yeah, crisis yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. but the whole the first almost the first 30 seconds of the trailer is just and you start going jimmy carter talking to you watching the right movie yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> like well, nothing sets it more firmly in 1979 yeah. than uh, jimmy carter speech i think yeah. <laughs> and was 79 that bad I don't. I was eight. Well, there was gas shortages, yeah, was right, and all that, and it's the hostage, <coughs> the hostage crisis. Too. That was remember the hostage yeah. crisis. Yeah. That was on the news every night. And we mentioned right. Margaret Thatcher <laughs> and Martina Navratilova. We mentioned that because I had to slow down so I, I could say it. Yeah, I was a big fan of Martina. Was a she was great. <laughs> yeah, she wore shorts. Hey, you gotta like that. So I will see this, and it has the same font as Beginners, well, which Mike Mills also directed. Yeah, there you are. Uh, but let's go uh, take another break and bring back Luke Skywalker. I swear Luke we can get some words about him. Mike Nichols, thank you so much. Thank you. As ever, bringing the good. So I, can't, I can't wait to hear what Luke Skywalker has to say. We'll, we'll see if he yeah. says anything. Everybody's so been waiting for that. It's how Mike Nichols and Kanye West sort yeah. of sound alike. No. I've never noticed that before. Mm. Kanye's a chameleon. We'll be back in 10 seconds with Luke Skywalker. YouTube, Adam is losing his mind with our chair. <laughs> I'm shrinking. <laughs> I am shrinking. Oh, it's Luke. Luke's doing it. <laughs> Luke, please don't force my chair down. This is a good sign that Luke is uh, using his uh, Jedi powers. For Maybe good. he'll come out of his shell a little bit because uh, what would life day be without the reason for the season? 
A kids. Jedi who needs no introduction. You don't need to give me an introduction. I don't need to give you an introduction. <laughs> so how have you been? Not good. Not not good. But but you must be excited you're back in the news. What with The Force Awakens? You, you didn't notice that I was cut out? What about... I thought that was on purpose, that you were the surprise ending of the... No! The whole ending was supposed to be once Ray found Luke, that they both went off to find a planet for a holiday special. It was a whole holiday special ending. The oh. Force Awakens holiday special. Yeah, they were bringing back everything that everyone loved from the first movie, from a droid with plans to gay X-Wing pilots to the, <laughs> to the holiday special. Oh, there we I must not have caught that on IMDb, but Star Wars in the news, I mean, it's got to be good for the Skywalker brand. What do you, what do you think of this Rogue One? Oh, don't even get me started on that. Oh, why? I was supposed to be in Rogue One. It tied up a lot of loose ends from Luke's life on Tatooine. I mean, did he ever get the power converters from Tashi Station? I mean, what happened to the power converter salesman at Tashi Station? Questions that have been on the audience mind. The, that's impossible even for a computer guy. We really got into that character, too. What was his deal? He's kind of a stick in the mud. <laughs> Maybe they felt the Death Star was more of a central plot. Been there, done that, bought the fake hand. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is it crazy to celebrate Life Day all these years after the original holiday special? Oh, don't bring that up. Well, what, what did they cut you out of that, too? I saw you in it. Yeah, there was this whole other plot line we never got to. They promised to include me in the Empire Strikes Back holiday special. Oh, there was such a thing as that? Yeah, except instead of a planet of Wookiees, it's a planet of Mark Hamillies, and there's this big red one Mark Hamill, trickster Mark Hamill, the night the lights went out, and Georgia Mark Hamill. You know, you don't need to finish this story. I don't need to finish this story. Thank you, Luke Skywalker. Wow. Thank you, Luke Skywalker. You know, Adam has a theory on Tachi Station. <laughs> uh, I, I've always wanted to see a movie about uh, how that guy uh, uh, went out of business because Luke was not allowed to go get power converters at Tachi Station. <laughs> and you just cut to the guy at Tachi Station there, and that, that was the, all he had to do was sell one that day, and he you, wouldn't have to close you shop. You know what, Adam? I just picture that being a giant radio shack. Yeah. 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 Radio shack oh. Tatooine. We'll call it Rogue Two. Yeah, Radio the Shack, the Shack. Yeah. Yeah. We called ahead and ordered it. And he works on commission, after all. Yeah. That's really a shame. You think yeah. they put some shots in, in Rogue One of you uh, shooting womp rats with your, uh, what is it? T-whatever. T-100. That's T-1000. Yeah, the T-1000. You and Biggs hanging out, you know, hitting on chicks at the cantina. You had to bring up Biggs, didn't you? You Biggs. Dak. What's Dak's backstory? You know, there's a lot of things I'm not allowed to talk about. He's, he's slipping back into his uh, Jedi coma. But I'm glad he came out of your shell just for us, Luke. <laughs> yeah, this is good because we're going to do Christmas carols and you can sing along. Oh, Karen wanted mm -hmm. to wow. lead us in some Star Wars-themed Christmas carols. You'll appreciate these. Really? Yeah. I know Star Wars isn't her strong suit. But no, but I, did the, I, I worked with what I knew. So give it, give it a shot. Which right. isn't very much. Butter. But um, you should hear my... Bridget Jones carols. They're fantastic. Ooh, the Bridget Jones carols. <laughs> They're kind of amazing. But uh, if you'd like to hum along, uh, feel free. The first one is to Let It Snow. Anybody going to sing along? Uh -huh. I'll sing with sing you. Along? Yeah. Okay, wait. Yeah, um, <clears throat> oh, that'll be our note. Ready? Oh, oh. oh the weather on Hoth is frightful, but inside the Tauntaun is delightful. So if you've got no place to go... Let it snow, let it snow, let it snow. Interminably. I am yeah. learning so much today. I didn't know Tauntaun was one word. I think it is. See? T-A-U-N, T-A-U-N. <laughs> I can't verify I've never sung oh. the word Tauntaun before, and I've been a professional singer for 25 years. Luke, so. you've been inside one. Have oh. we spelled it correctly? How do we spell yeah, it? Yeah, that's how we, we spell it. And <laughs> I don't want to start a rumor with you yeah. being inside a Tauntaun. Uh. People think I know, <laughs> know what we're talking about. I thought it spelled bad on the inside, yeah. but it spells that way on the outside. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Luke. You saw the label. Go back to yeah. being quiet. All right, now this next one. Thank you, Luke. You can sing along if you want. Uh, Bart will share his lyric sheet with you. Could you tell Luke? Is that how you could tell? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the next one is to the theme of silver bells. Everybody, this is this is a nice little Yoda one. Ooh. All right, Paul. Mm -hmm. Ready? There's, there's no, no sidewalks and, and no street lights. Only smelly bog ponds. As Yoda levitates an X-wing fighter. Young Skywalker tries to Jedi, but he still has his doubts. Do or do not, there is no try. Everybody sing. Gurgle, gurgle. Gurgle, gurgle. Burgle, urgle. Burgle, urgle. It's life day, day in Dagobah. 
Blug, blug. Blug, blug. Soon it will be life day, day. Very nice. Excellent. See, it sounds so nice when we all Cockles sing it together. warmed. Oh. <laughs> but this next song, I felt that Bart would really be the voice oh. I heard in my head when I wrote it. So I'm going to let Bart take it away and croon a little for us. Now, the neat thing is this song has been covered by both Mel Torme oh. and Nat King Cole. Very no same lyrics. No pressure. Now, I have both both very same lyrics. Very same lyrics. <laughs> I have never had a song written for me, so all I just right. want to tell you what an honor this is. Well, you'll and, see uh, when you look at the lyrics well, what like I thought of you. Um, so where's my notes? <laughs> Wherever you want it. Right. I'm dreaming of a young Princess Leia Just like the one I used to know With her beauty crippling and white dress <laughs> Nippling <laughs> and sexy space age camel toe. Okay, I think we really <laughs> oh, oh, oh. It really sister, makes man. <laughs> singing about my sister. It's just it so really oh. Luke, I'm sorry I didn't even think about Jeez. that, but you know she's a piece. I mean awkward. Hey, you kissed her, you know. She's a good kisser. I'll give you that. She's a very good kisser. <laughs> if I kiss my sister, I'd yeah. run out to an island and hide too. <laughs> Uh, so I wonder if any of these that songs will be in Bart, sync. Thank, thank you. you. Who knew I had that in me, huh? Yeah, that was I. I kind of knew you had that. Oh. <laughs> I, I bet if you get yourself a jacket and a pipe and an ascot, you could really oh. start. I mean, you know, scotch. Come on. Yeah, hold a scotch. scotch. You could yeah. really start belting that one out. Yeah. <laughs> will any of these songs be in the movie Sing? That is I a, hope uh, so. Tying it into the films here. Uh, sing, we, sing, there's sing. singing animals and an American Idol thing looks really bad. All right. But they do have. Uh, <laughs> I hope it's. Maybe we should have formed a sketch around they that. They do have. Yeah. Uh, they do have Reese Witherspoon singing, and she has pipes, right? Remember what? from uh, Walk the Line. Here, love some celebrity singing. Oh, this is all celebrities. A whole cast. Yeah. Of celebrities. Yeah. Scarlett Johansson. We remember she sang very recently in Jungle Book. Trust in me. And then there's uh, Matthew McConaughey. I, I couldn't really find anything for him, but maybe this is promising. That's always promising. I could fall asleep to that. Oh. that you know what? Good, that is true. I would That's take that nice. over the uh, waves I currently, <laughs> the ocean waves or whatever. Yeah. That's nice. All right. Well, let's uh, wrap things up. We always wrap up the show here at the holiday special with story time. Oh, oh story yeah. time. So we'll throw things over to Adam and wants to... Go out the way we came in, all excited about Rogue One. Yay! Absolutely. All right. Uh, hey, are you kids ready for your Christmas spoiler? Yay! Every year that kids gather to hear me spoil the endings of their favorite holiday movies, and today I'm going to be spoiling the ending of Rogue One, a Star Wars Yay! story. Yay! Is everybody ready? Sure. Sure. Yeah. I'm spoil away. A long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Wait, wait, wait. Adam, is this a prequel? Uh, no, that's just how all Star Wars stories begin, oh. uh, as does Rogue One. Episode one? Oh, I've seen that. I, I already know the ending. The audience is uh, really unsatisfied. Well, okay, no, no, it's not episode one, but it does take place before episode four. I thought you said that it was one of the prequel tri trilogy. No, no, no. It is a prequel, but it's not The Phantom Menace. Ah, Attack of the Clones then. No, no, no. That's episode two, but not Rogue Two. So this is the first Star Wars movie after episode eight, The Force Awakens. I yes. Oh. I see. So this is episode nine. Oh, no. there you go. Wait, no, 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 no. Episode nine comes out next year at this time, and, and it so will, I assume, uh, a repeat of this bit. Right, nice. So this is kind of like episode eight and a half, seven and a half? Okay, maybe. It, th this does tell the story of how the Rebel Alliance destroyed the Death Star in episode four. Seen it. I know you've seen it. Everyone's seen it, but we never found out how they got the Death Star plan so Princess Leia could give them to R2-D2. WikiLeaks. No! Yes. Uh, the private server on uh, Mon Montha's basement? No, 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 no. <laughs> they recruited a young rebel named Jin Erso to go undercover with a platoon of grizzled soldiers to battle the Empire for the fate of the universe. How many Bothans died in the stealing of these plans? Many. Is Luke Skywalker in this one, and does he talk? No, but she does end up in a confrontation with none other than Darth Vader. He better be an adult in this one. 
He is, but there are no Jedi to help Jin and her soldiers. Oh, because at this point in the timeline, the Jedi wouldn't have returned, right? Ah, now you're getting it. Ah. I think I got it. It's a war movie and a heist movie set in the Star Wars universe. Yes, like Magnificent Seven or Ocean's Eleven. Hold on. Wait, so I don't even know. Is, it's going to be a space. Is Ocean Eleven like, in this? Because I want to see like Julia Roberts in a movie. There's no sequel to Ocean's Ten. So, wait, what? It's, like, it's no, like four. It's like three and a half, really, no, right? No, no, because no, no, it's before. Do you think if they jump into the train, they just go over to? There was no Magnificent Eight, guys. Harry Potter Land. I think he's done. That was lovely. All right. Well, story time went as well. Oh my gosh! It feels like the end of a Prairie Home Companion. That's it. You're right. It is the end. Oh my goodness, how sad. It's the end of another Movie Guys holiday special. Together with the Movie Guys, individually we are. Caramel Beans. And Jedi Master Luke. You can follow us on Twitter at The Movie Guys for daily (laughs) jokes and links. Also, Facebook.com slash The Movie Guys, iTunes, Vimeo, YouTube, Instagram, all that. Uh, What else? Boobay Sisters. Oh, Boobay Sisters. If you want to go see the Boobays at Flappers Comedy Club, we'll be performing there on the 30th and the 31st. We'll be ringing in the new year, both in. California and also on the East Coast. And uh, thanks to Mike J. Nichols. Yay! Hey, the Phantom Editor. Kanye Nichols. David Beach, Luke Skywalker, Steve Scholes, and we'll be back with a new show on January 5th to talk about hidden figures, a monster calls, and the latest Underworld movie, and compare how many times we've all seen Rogue One. And everybody remember, if you don't know what to get somebody for Christmas, get the movie pass. That way your friends and family can go see a certain number of movies for a certain price. You save lots of money, and it gives you uh, some cool gift to give them for the person who has everything. In the theater. Go where these movies are meant to be seen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and let's let's go out here with Mike J. Nichols once again setting the tone with his original song, taking its title right from the new film Rogue One. Enjoy this tune, get out to the movies for the love of God, and have a great life day. Happy life day. Hey, happy life day, Luke. Peace be unto you, brother. Kevin Bacon dancing to this song. Dr. D knew where Luke was. Why would he tell people? Why is he always standing around? Why would they tell him where the rebel base was? Ha <laughs> ha